is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and to know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources. And you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Lucy Rycroft, your host for the next few months whilst the lovely Anna is on maternity leave. Of course, we will give you baby updates. Of course, we would not leave you in the dark about that, but we don't have any news quite yet, but we will pass that on as soon as we get it. Uh, But we are in season eight. This is episode four, and we are talking about connecting with God through hospitality and cooking. And to guide us through this subject is the wonderful Joe Swinney, who will be talking to Iona later on. Now, Joe has written several books, including a beautiful book called A Place at the Table. And honestly, if you are into food, community, hospitality, ecology and the environment around us, this is just the most beautiful book. I cannot recommend it enough. Do check it out in the show notes. It's a wonderful account of uh, the beginnings of A Rosha, the Christian ecological charity. Um, and there's so much in it about hospitality and so much that's so thought provoking, but all done in such a beautiful way. So do check out that book. But before I hand you over to Iona and Joe, I wanted to ask Are you a grandparent? That's a bit of a random question, right? But I know that some of you will be, so keep tuned if you are. But if you're not, I bet you know some grandparents, right? I bet your parents or your in-laws or your aunts, uncles, godparents, some people in your church, I bet you know some Christian grandparents. And so keep listening because I'd love you to pass this message on to them. Now, we have been supporting parents, carers, churches for years now, Parenting for Faith, uh, in equipping children to meet and know God. But we have noticed a gap. And in the last couple of years, uh, we have been working really, really hard to put together some resources for grandparents. You know, grandparents play such a huge role in the spiritual lives of their children. They are such a massive influence. And we really want to tap into that and equip and empower the grandparents in our nation uh, to raise these grandchildren to know and uh, love God for themselves. So this has been uh, kind of launched in the last couple of weeks with Becky Sedgwick's fantastic new book. Grandparenting for Faith, which we really recommend. And on February the 8th, we are going to have a Zoom training morning, which is designed for all Christian grandparents, as well as church leaders and anybody who wants to support and equip grandparents in their churches. And this training event is a couple of hours. It's over Zoom. We've put the link in the show notes, so go and check it out there. It's going to be just the most equipping, wonderful morning for grandparents and for leaders. We've got Becky speaking about uh, her book, including some content from her book, which is absolutely superb. We've got the wonderful Rachel Turner, who needs no introduction. We've got Dr. Sarah Holmes, who has been doing research at the uh, Liverpool Hope University into the spiritual impact of grandparents on their grandchildren. And we've got Catherine Bergen, who some of you will remember from Lunch with Leaders last summer. She is from the Catholic Diocese of uh, Brighton and Arundel. She's the Marriage and Family Life Advisor, and she has got a wealth of experience in equipping grandparents within church contexts. And it's going to be so exciting. There's going to be a leader stream, a grandparent stream. You can mix and match. It's going to be such a great morning. We think you're going to be inspired. We think you're going to have a whole host of practical skills uh, when you finish that morning, as well as a huge amount of theological based 
basis as well. So do book on, do send the link to the grandparents in your life. It is going to be amazing and it will not be repeated. I do need to stress that because often people will get in touch after an event or even before an event to say, you know, when's the next one? Can I go on the next one? Because I can't make this one. This event is not going to be repeated, not as far as we know. So this is the one opportunity to come and receive this content and it's going to be a great morning, so don't miss it. Let's go across now to Iona and Joe. and just a bit of a heads up, this interview was recorded before Christmas. Hello everybody, I am joined by Joe Swinney today and we are going to be talking all about hospitality in this episode. Um, so Joe is the Director of Communications at Arosha and she is also the author of eight books, the most recent one, A Place at the Table, Faith, Hope and Hospitality, which she wrote with her mum Miranda. So Joe, welcome to the Parenting Faith podcast. It's really lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I know that was a very brief introduction. So do tell us a bit more about yourself and your book, A Place at the Table. Well, I actually have been really blessed by the Parenting for Faith um, book. I think at the the outset, when I was parenting small small kids, um, it was just the book and not the full on range of programs that you have now. But it really did um, bless me. I have two daughters who are coming up to 17 and 14 now. Um, so it's gone in a heartbeat. What they say about the days being long and the years fast um, is very true. I'm married to Sean, who's a vicar, and um, we live in Bath, which is super lovely. And um, the Christmas market um, is as splendid as they say, but don't try and get parking. They're great tips. Thank you. <laughs> so do tell us a bit more about A Place at the Table and how that came about. Yeah, it came about in a not a way I would ever want a book to come about. Um, essentially, it was my mum's book. It was going to be my mum's book. And um, she died in a car accident in 2019 and um, having not finished finished it. So in tidying and cleaning out all her stuff, um, found the writing that she'd done and took it and added to it Um so that she would be published and people would get to read what she'd written. Um, So it's essentially looking at um, the concept of hospitality, but through the lens of um, my mum's learnings, um, which were in living in community situation um, in the organisation of Russia, which is a Christian nature conservation charity. And um, so there's a lot of stories in there, um, but she did have some very kind of applicable wisdom, I think. And um, and then some of what I added was some retelling of Bible stories because there's an awful lot of food and eating and hospitality in the Bible and um, some bits and pieces that I have also learnt along the way about what it is to be hospitable, um, successes and a lot of failures, I have to say. That sounds amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I guess to start with, sort of what role did food play in your household as you were growing up? Um, absolutely enormous. I think it was my mum's, um, one of her primary love languages. So coming home from a bad day at school, um, it would be sort of put right with your favourite meal being put on the table. There's always amazing smells coming out of the kitchen and 
the table was always getting crammed with more and more extra seats. People could show up at any time and there seemed to always be enough food. Um, special occasions were generally um, rotating around meals. I grew up in Portugal and I think food is a big foodie culture there as well. So meals are very slow, um, slow to arrive and slow to be eaten. And people really connect with one another over over the table. So, yeah, enormous, I would say. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, and you were raised in a Christian family. Um, and as you came to know Jesus for yourself, how did food and hospitality impact your faith journey? Yeah, um, I, I definitely think that watching my parents, um, how belief looked for them um, was much more significant than anything they probably ever said to us or any of their strong encouragements that we should start reading the Bible regularly, for example, in the mornings, which they, you know, they did. And we did do things like say grace before meals. But um, I watched how much um, love and care they gave to people. Um, There were some, there were some needy people, some tricky people who would um, be in our home and around our table and just seeing the, determination to be welcoming regardless of the cost I think there's something really profoundly Christian about that about the way that reflects God's welcome of us in our mess and the kind of grittiness and the earthiness of faith um happening over the washing up just as much as it happens um singing together with someone or um that kind of thing i also i mean we were kind of old school missionaries in this in the sense of needing to really pray for god's provision um and so for example um one christmas there was um not enough money for a turkey and someone sent a check that was like the exact the to the penny amount for this wow. so to seeing god's kindness and provision of our food um was very impactful to me and maybe too um maybe too some of the harder side of living in a community taught me a lot as well so um having so many extras in our family environment all the time um made it quite hard sometimes to get attention and so I've really valued the fact that you can access God as our father is present and available and it's always um always open to a conversation (laughs) never too busy so I think that also shaped my faith um as I grew up yeah that's so encouraging to hear about how yeah, hospitality really has shaped your faith. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Um, and you said a bit about your your mum, and just wondering what sort of legacies of your mum's approach to hospitality are evident in in your home now. So my mum had a way of being able to make um, an occasion have an atmosphere. Um, 
a really practical example of that is that she was always one to light candles on the table. And that's a tradition I've really kept. And I, I think um, there's something about candlelight that makes you feel like even if you're having a very bog standard meal, that, that there's something um, cozy and special about it. She was a fanatic decanter. So there's like never a saucepan on the table. Everything had to be dished out into pottery bowls. And again, I think the little bit of extra effort to have something aesthetically pleasing on the table is gives people a sense of being spoiled and cared for that doesn't actually, it takes a little bit of extra washing up, but it's a small detail. And I I noticed and logged people appreciating that growing up and I've inherited quite a few of her pottery dishes. So um, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, when we have, when it's just us as the four of us as family, we don't tend to put stuff in second secondary bowls but um, <laughs> we ever have people over I do try and do that and that's just a bit of a nod to her I think and her influence over me yeah and then also um she just had a way of wherever she was at in herself putting that aside when you came through the door or when anyone came through the door she her eyes would just light up and she would be so evidently happy to see people and I think that is more nourishing than anything you could give them to eat. So it's another, that's another thing I've tried to be really mindful of is making sure that um, however much work or stress or however ashamed I am of the mess in my hall, that the first thing people see is that my face is showing I'm really glad they're there. That's so lovely to hear. That's amazing. Um, and I guess thinking about sort of our families and if our kids you know really enjoy cooking or baking and preparing food themselves how can we sort of leverage that into something that could draw them closer to Jesus and how can we use hospitality to sort of grow their faith um Jesus was so um in favor of children I think and like completely um saw them as having their own ministry I think and their own access to him and I would always take children's um, ability to care for people very seriously I've seen my girls um, know exactly what somebody needed in terms of um, emotional support or care just intuitively and um, allowing them the joy of serving up something that they've made and seeing people um, enjoy eating something they've cooked um, can start really, really early. And um, I think the it's that sort of a battle, I think, in us as, um, as grown-ups to want to, there's a performative aspect sometimes to hospitality where it sort of veers more into entertaining and becomes more about what we hope people think about us rather than what the person needs. So I think letting children have at it in the kitchen is a good counterbalance to that and takes our pride down a notch. And if if the biscuits are all uneven um, and half burnt, half raw, and but they still get to um, serve up something that they've made, I think that's a really important learning for children. 
and the um the story of the loaves and the fishes again it was a, a boy who gave his pet lunch and Jesus did with it something incredibly significant so trusting that God will take whatever it is our kids have made and do something with it um I think is the way that we can see him at work through our families that's so lovely and so encouraging I think for kids to be able to have that freedom and experiment and be able to serve people in that way. That's really lovely. Um, and at Parenting Faith, we have something called the five key tools. Um, and one of the key tools is unwinding, and that's unwinding wrong or maybe lopsided views of God. Um, and along those lines, we can sometimes feel that hospitality is the domain of those who are maybe good at cooking or baking um, and our kids might feel that God is only really interested in our hospitality if you've got a clean house or amazing food or whatever that might be um, so how can we sort of unwind that view for them you mentioned a bit about you know making sure that people just feel really welcomed when they arrive but yeah tell us a bit more about your thoughts behind that just think if we reflect on even this small story of or like a most recent time from our own lives of having been given hospitality um is that the messier someone else's home is the more encouraging it is I'd, like have you ever minded someone else's mess it's just unless it's like dangerously unhygienic it's <laughs> generally not even something that you notice and um i also I also just think it's very, very accessible. I, I believe that hospitality at its Christian heart is um, creating a place of welcome for somebody else. And that often does involve food and drink because we are material, physical creatures. But just as much it might be giving them your full attention. Um, I think mum's um, at the time of life, it's it's one of the most busy, when you've got tiny ones, it's one of the busiest and most stretching times. But it's also one of the times I look back on as having had the most time for relationship. And even um, standing in the park behind the swings, some the person pushing the swing next to you, we have a choice um, as to whether to just focus on the swing we're pushing or to... Um, put your eyes sideways and see if that person might be desperate for some company. Um, children, um, I don't know, traveling around with children, you generally have snacks as well. And I've found that it's an, a really good way of easing children in is to urge them to go and share whatever snack they have, you know, making sure to ask about allergies first and the permission of the mum, et cetera, or carer. But um, I do think it can be very, very tiny, um, and still have a really big impact. Um, and people don't, you don't need to bring the person into your home. You could just choose to share a cushion at a toddler group or something. Um, I think there's a crying need for connection out there. And as Christians, we, we've had it, we've had it modeled to us in our relationship with the Trinity who's invited us into that intimate of spaces we're also um the church is a fundamentally hospitable institution um we're used to this and we know how to do it in a way that the world doesn't so yeah i think just lower the bar right down to where you're comfortable and you'll be surprised at how 
powerful it still is. That's such a great way of, of looking at it from another angle and getting getting kids to be able to be involved in that as well. That's that's some great ideas. Thank you for sharing those. Um, thank you. This has been a really good conversation. Um, so before you go, I know we chatted a bit about Russia. So tell us a bit more about that and and where we can find you online if we want to want to find out more. Oh, yeah, thank you. So Arosha was um, started 40 years ago this year, um, and it's a charity that cares for creation out of a sense of worship and acknowledgement that the earth is the laws and everything in it. Um, We're in 20 plus countries, so um, including the UK. So do check out arosha.org.uk. And um, I work for Arosha International, so that's arosha.org. And there's all kinds of amazing work going on in different corners of the globe from elephant human peacekeeping to um, a forest program in Kenya that's getting local children funded through school via ecotourism to protecting vulnerable species and habitats and um, sustainable livelihoods. Yeah, it's a it's a thing of great beauty. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much. And we'll put links to Russia and to your book in the show notes. Um, so yeah, please do check that out if you want to find out more. Thanks so much, Jay. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Ah, such a good interview there from Joe and Iona and really helpful to us whether we've got children who love to cook and bake or just children who are really great with people you know you might have one of these at home a child who is great with people you invite around to the house they are good at engaging them in conversation or play or games you know and they get all their toys out and you go off to attend to the food and you come back and and there's a full-blown game of trains going on or something like that you know some kids are just so good at that so that's really helpful from joe there uh, to give us some ideas as to how we can kind of nurture those gifts now we always like to end our podcasts with a question to ask your children to prompt conversation so here's your question for this week it is this what do you love about having people round to your house what do you love about having people round to your house see you next week bye bye